listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot whiskey. Watch your mouth, boy. Watch your mouth. Matthew C. Slack from Detroit, Michigan. Barely at this point. What's up, dude? I'm almost uh I'm almost like 50-50 of uh my existence on this planet being in the Midwest and being out here. You can leave those those what, Fago drinking roots behind you, bro. Have you ever had Fago? No, but I see your boy posting about it all the time. One, I don't call pop soda. No, you, Wait, I don't call soda pop. Right. Because I don't know what pop is. It's soda. Jesus. And who eats your pizza in a square? What is this, Little Caesars? Everybody eats it like that. Everybody. It's good, it's, it's good like that. Ah, drinking on a cold, brisk day in the treehouse with a homie. The business partner, the muse, <laughs> Matthew. We're, Matthew. We're, we're partners. Matthew C. Slack of the Manhattan and the Elwood. What up, brother? It's been a minute. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't even seen you face to face. Well, our, you know. I feel like you've been taking. business is closed. Well, yeah, but I feel like the, the, this last leg of the, the pandemic and the Rona really kind of like, we dug our trenches and everybody kind of dug themselves in and uh, kind of adhering more so than before. Yeah, I, I mean, as some people will say, it's fake. Who are these people? Uh, <laughs> white people. They're from the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I think just with with the the there's a little bit more of a seriousness to uh, you know what's going on right now versus what was, was going on back in July, August, September, and uh, I just low key kind of been hanging out the house. I feel like truths have come to light more so than there were before. A lot there was a lot of doubt, a lot of question in the past, and then you just actually see hard numbers and you're like oh shit people, wow people are actually people are legitimately dying, dying. yeah has uh rona come close to you affected you in any which way no i mean n- nobody that like i am personally close to or no, no. kevin bacon six people rona separation no i mean Good. maybe maybe five but yeah it's got to be one or two for it to be like we had a mi- touch and go with with uh the mother-in-law bro everything was a okay. It was it was a little weird. That was the closest it's gotten to us. I've had homies in the circle, like homies that I've gone do the podcast or we ride bikes with and stuff. But all in all, it's been pretty safe. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of people our age, it's I got the Rona. I'm at home. I got the chills. Yeah. And have you been sick at all? No. Isn't that weird? What washing your hands does and covering your face? Weird, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not like a I'm not like a conspiracy theory guy but but um you know there was a lot of people that got really sick back in like november december like a like a really bad pneumonia as they were saying from you know from from going into the doctor for sure Um, but i mean it could have easily been you know rona version 1.1 and i remember my wife was really sick for a while and i feel like you know she's been working pretty regularly i wouldn't have been surprised for her to have gotten it and so i'm a little surprised that she hasn't gotten it I'm usually so. good for one legit sickness a year, and it usually comes around the end of the year or in like in March. And I got sick, I remember during Christmas because we were at my parents' house, and I remember I was just laid out on their couch. So I was like, eh, maybe I got it then. I've never taken an antibody test. So, but I, even at this point, I think it's too far gone. I don't, I think it's, I don't know. I'm ignorant. I'm speaking out of place, out of term here. I have no idea. Let's hunt I haven't been sick. I haven't been sick. How about that? And I'm happy. Fair enough. And I'm happy that I haven't been happy sick. Happy and healthy. Unfortunately, our businesses have taken a hit, and those they have been sick for a minute. Uh, on life support. What's going on, brother? What's going on with the Elwood? What can we update people with? The Elwood is closed. Completely. Closed, closed. Yeah. Not like, finger quote, closed. With like backdoor open action yeah. Clo- open. <laughs> yeah, all these backdoor bars that... Have uh, decided. We'll, t- we'll touch on that. Don't 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 blow your wad so soon, bro. Don't, don't, not, I know. Look at you. I'm teasing. Teaser. I'm teasing. It's called the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tease, right? Yeah. The Elwood, um, man. It sucks. Um. We we've had it since April of 2018, and I legitimately feel like right when the Rona hit, it was banging. It was it was on the uptick. Things were working out. We had built in the uh, the irregular crowd, and we were bringing in that younger appeal on the weekends. It was starting to do its thing. You know, it was it, people liked it. 
Yeah, people liked it, and it legitimately turned into the Manhattan's little baby brother. Like, right. I, I feel like it stepped in and it took over that role. Our team had coalesced. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had some departures and we've had some additions, and they've all been for the better. And I feel like it was a very whole staff. It was solidified. Much like the Padres of 2020. Dude, they just saw, uh, traded for Joe Musgrove today. Oh, no shit. Yeah, we got rid of Lucchese. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, Joey Lucchese is a New York Met now, bro. Joey Fuego. Joey Fuego. Dude, I, I just got that autograph card for two bucks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, I'll give it to Tina. <laughs> so yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it was legit. I'm, I'm proud of what what we've built there, you know. And uh, in the Manhattan, like I mentioned, I alluded to that earlier. It's like that's that's the that's the uh, imposing figure. That's what casts a large shadow when it comes to nightlife in Chula Vista, as it should. You've built a a machine over there. But yeah, man, right now, it's just sad to see all of our shit just kind of like on hold, yeah. on pause, you know, like in one of those freezing tanks where everything's like just caught in time. And slowly wilting, you know, as as every monthly water bill and insurance bill and rent bill come up, it's, you know. Like slowly you, you, dipping you work, in. Yeah, you work hard to build that. And and uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. Have uh, people reached out to you about uh, when are you opening? Like every other fucking day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean a few people have. Although, it, it, I, I guess I maybe other maybe other people don't try to stay as connected with like what's going on in the current events as we do because it's our business, it's our livelihood. <laughs> but you know, I mean, a lot of people hit up like, "Oh, are you open yet?" And I'm like, "Bro, no, no motherfucker, like, like are what's... you stupid?" <laughs> you know, you know, and, and the worst, and, you know, and I see some of our other like, you know, our entrepreneur friends dealing with it it's like people hit you up and like hey bro are you open and it's like well no we're not like you realize that that's not allowed, allowed. <laughs> and you know and then you get to like well oh well because so-and-so is open it's like well cool story so you know you just gotta <sighs> which move, is move past that quickly bridging the gap to that we do know a lot of people that are open i know a few breweries that are open i've known of a couple of bars that are open a lot of, a lot of bars open um some of them are close, subsequently closed down now. They've been, they've been, they've had the uh, plug pulled on them and gotten popped. Yeah, I mean that's a pricey price tag, a hefty price tag to pay to just to stay open, you know. But how do you feel about that? How do you feel about us following, you know, the guidelines for better or for worse? You know, I mean, this isn't a political stance. It's just like this is what's allowed, and we stuck by our guns and and are here adhering to it. I mean, for one, I know I've told people that have asked us, I'm not willing to put the our community and our staff in, you know, any specific fucking danger just to open up and make a dollar. It just doesn't make right. sense to me, you know? Um, but how does it make you feel, dude, as a business owner, knowing that other people are fucking just throwing caution into the wind? Um, the f- I know what they're pulling by being open. Because to be open but have to pretend like you're not open, you can't promote. I mean, people can't be going in the front door. I mean, it's, I know they're not pulling a lot of money, and so I mean, something's better than nothing. But uh, what's the expression? Is is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes, sir. Is, is it worth the risk? And uh, I mean, we we know customers are willing. Oh yeah, uh, we we know a lot of employees are willing yep. to to risk the, their health uh, to make money, and, and I get that. I totally yeah. get that. And 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 so um, you know, I, I I feel for you know business owners. I feel for the employees, but like. There's too much to risk, especially, uh, you know, our, our number one asset in bar ownership is our license and the state controls that and the state can yank it at any moment, bro. At any moment. And it's so, not a city regulation. It's not a county regulation. This is you know, state government. I, I, I get I get the whole, um, you know, if we don't do this, we won't be in business at the end stance. I, I understand that and I, and I respect that. And so you know, I, I'll, I'll never shit on uh, people that do it except for right now on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, but at the same time, like, is it really that dire? You know, is it really that, uh, you know, are you going to go out of business next month? I will, have, I will you never. Exhaust, have you exhausted all of your options? Yeah, I, I will never shit on another business for doing what they have to do in their business best interest, you know? It's just, it kind of goes against everything. It puts everybody in a bad position when you've got eight people paddling one way and then you got two people paddling in the other direction you're not going anywhere yeah you're not going to go anywhere with the current situation we're in we're just going to stay in the same place um and that sucks i mean again i get it sink or swim there's businesses legitimate businesses that will not make it out of this thing 
I mean, it's hard to be shut down three months, six months, nine months. We're pulling up on 12 months of being like in a pandemic where it's been touch and go. I, I think we, we've been open a total of three months the whole year. Although most of the businesses that are in danger of being shut down or shutting down or not making it through were businesses that sucked before the pandemic or that had fatal flaws that were over leveraged, that um, you know, had made bad business decisions, were not properly running their businesses. So, I mean, they don't, I mean, I know you can blame the pandemic, but I mean, the, the, the pandemic is, is picking off the, the, the slow deer in the herd right now that probably weren't going to make it indefinitely anyway. Shitty time. It's a very, very shitty time. I've seen people push to the brink. I've, I've seen people's true colors as business owners kind of like reveal themselves. And I, and I feel bad for some of them, bro. I feel bad for them because they're, they're just grasping at straws. And it's humbled a lot of people I know. A lot of people I know have been stripped down and you can look at them for exactly what they are. I mean, you, you, you see people making desperate decisions and i mean you see it like it just like the, it reeks of desperation and, and i feel for them i mean it's it's a bad look but i mean I, I don't look at them with contempt or ridicule it's more like man sorry bro like i see what you're doing and you know i'm glad i don't i'm glad i'm not there yet yeah and we have to say yet because we don't know how long this is gonna be nobody has no. that you know the bottomless mimosa of financials you know it's like it's eventually you're going to have to tap into personal finance. Eventually, you're going to have to reach out and get that uh, that, that uh, state, federal uh, financial help. Fortunately, I mean, I know you've applied for grants and applied for, you know, uh, payroll uh, assistance as of us at the brewery, you know. And, and this time, this this second shutdown, it was harder on, it was harder on the brewery for sure. It The first time around, everything was pretty cool, you know, par for the course, uh, we made uh, we made ends meet. We made it happen. This time around, there's no money around. The community doesn't have money. I mean, there's the initial uh, unemployment insurance ran out. You know, people legitimately don't have jobs. There's nothing coming in. So obviously, when you when you think of like a, extra income to spend on alcohol, booze, or just a good time, entertainment, it is that vat is empty. You know. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. The first go round back in March, April, May, a, a lot of people were they were flush with cash. Got that first stimulus. And they still had money in the bank and you couldn't go out to eat. And, and so they were purposely dropping large amounts of money at your business to support you. Like, oh, you're selling things to go. Let me buy more than what I need, you know, stock up my fridge. And it was great. But, I mean, you definitely see a difference now where, you know, people are uh, a little lighter in the loafers. You For know? sure, bro. And that, that hurts because we're part of the community. I mean... We're pretty loud and brash here in the community with the way we run our businesses and just, you know, the way we conduct ourselves. But this is where we lay our head and this is where we make our living. So just to see people in the community not 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 flourishing and not living to the normal standards that they're used to, it's, it sucks. You know, it, it does suck. It's tough. You know, and, and, and those, those first few months, you know, I think we, we all had a certain amount of cash reserve in our business. Yep. So we were just kind of living off that. And then we reopened back up in June. And it was like, all right, cool, we cool. made it, we yep. made it. And but but then with the restrictions, you know, you're kind of just breaking even, going, ah oh, man, well handcuffed. Yeah. I still got I still got the reserves. You know, they're less than what we started with. But then once we got shut down again, I was like, damn, like this is now I'm actually like counting pennies. So right now, what when is the Manhattan open and when can we go support it? The Manhattan uh we, we so we uh we created the Manhattan's alter ego back in April. Mm. The uh, Manhattan Bar uh, morphed like a Power Ranger into the which Man Power Ranger? Uh, I think the Green Ranger. I never watched a Power Ranger, so I don't know exactly. He was only which the ponytail. One. I think oh, okay. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Manhattan Grab and Go Liquor Emporium. Uh, a corny ass name, but a, a cool concept. So basically, um, we have uh, stopped serving customers indoors, and we are just. Um, for lack of a better uh, explanation, we're a liquor store. So we've got, um, you know, high-end whiskeys, tequila, mezcal, uh, craft beer, uh, all for sale to go. We're selling cocktails to go, uh, michelada mix. Dude, the uh, michelada mix, that's oof, oof, that's oof, oof, Although oof. we sold so much of it in the summer and this, like, the second incarnation, we're not selling any. I don't uh, know if it's like a seasonal thing, like people drink micheladas. 
I drink that uh, shit all the time, bro. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a unicorn. What about what about everybody else? They should be drinking it. Yeah, because uh, I know you're also selling Jello shots ago, and that's that's you know you can the Manhattan hangs its hat on the Jello the Jello well, shots. And, you and, made a name for those. We're actually gonna be. Uh, Posting and promoting today, we're going to be doing like special orders. So uh, get your order in, 50 or 100 Jello shots, and we'll have them ready on a Friday pickup. Uh, but yeah, so we are only open on Fridays right now. We decided that uh, it, it's too it's too tough to try and open it up every day. Um, you know, people stocking up on bottles of whiskey and, and cocktails is more of like a once a week thing. And so we are open on Fridays from 2 to 8, and that's going to be uh, uh, just one day a week until we are allowed to have customers back on premise for on-site drinking. Put on your wizard hat, bro. Look into your crystal ball. When will we be able to open up again? Uh, I Purple tier, which means customers outside, which still sucks because it's cold. Yeah. Uh, I think before March 1st, I think sometime in February, uh, you can you can see if you take a look at the data. Uh, it's working. Right. For, Cali- yeah. for Cal- California, it's leveled off. Yeah. The problem is it's leveled off at, you know, 45,000 cases a day. Yeah, the problem is we are a heavy saturated state. So a lot of people live here. A lot of people live in California. For all the people still saying, well, I'm leaving California, you ain't doing it fast enough because yeah. we still have a lot of people who live in <laughs> fucking California, bro. It's just crazy, man. It makes me sad, Maddie. Me too. It makes me sad. Something happy. Let's talk about something happy. Let's see. What are you been up to? Nothing, dude. Working. Just chilling. I see you, you know, posting. Go ahead. Running videos. Bro, tell me you're not scared to start playing soccer again. Real shit. Real shit. Tell me you're not scared. I'm scared. scared. My biggest fear is I'm going to get set up with a perfect cross, and I'm not going to be able to keep pace and catch up to it and put it in the back of the net. That's your biggest fear? That's my biggest fear. Because if I get tired, I'm just going to raise my fucking hand and get pulled, bro. I, I, think, <laughs> I think your uh, anterior cruciate ligaments are uh, whispering to you right now. Hey, what about us? Oh, my it? MCL for sure. ACL, yeah. whatever. Whatever. Don't, don't forget about us. Um... That's an exciting part. You know, like one of the coolest things that has come out of this is the athleticism that we are all pretending to have now, bro. <laughs> like, well, I, you, you've been a runner. You've been yeah. a runner. You, you stay active. You, 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 do you still do jujitsu? Uh, yeah, except for the last couple of weeks, uh, as the caseload has gone way up. Uh, yeah, I know wifey's a little concerned. Yeah. And I know she puts herself at risk by going to work every day. And does, so, she, does she uh, bust your balls about going to jujitsu? No, but but I, I've kind of felt uh, that, you know, as some of her family members have come down with it, like second cousins or uh, her her mom's, you know, godmother, stuff like that. It's uh, I've, I just haven't gone in the last, like, two weeks just out of respect. Um, but I'll be going back. How's probably. that been? How's the, the jujitsu experience been through the pandemic? It, it's good. I mean, you know, each... Uh, you know, Are they allowed to operate? I don't even know if, if that's a lot. Think so, but no. But uh, everyone's pretty much keeping safe as much yeah. as possible. So at, at my unnamed uh, jujitsu facility, mm-hmm. uh, Manhattan Jujitsu Club. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean it's it's been cool. You know, it's like the same eight or so people that go to the six a.m. class that I go to, and and so I mean, there's you know, I, I feel like everyone's personally responsible that they're you know, if they feel like they would put people at risk, they stay home, and if not, they show up. We've been riding bikes. We've bikes. been, yeah, we've been riding bikes, starting running, running, trying to get soccer ready. Yeah, I, I started to play golf again. Like he's got me on one of those like uh, bullshit, uh, do like twenty squats and like a plank and a wall sit. She got you doing burpees, burp- bro, or oh, burpees? Yeah. Wifey's got you doing burpees. Yeah. Did you gain weight? Because um, we were pretty hard, we were pretty hardcore uh, about like maintaining the weight or trying to I mean, lose I'm, it. I'm up about five pounds right now since mm. March. Okay. So I call that a success. Um, you know, and it's been phases. It's you know, you go through like a. I'm drinking every day and eating pizza every day phase, and then you try to clean out, uh, and then you know. I mean, it's it's tough when you're home alone all day long, and you're cooking dino nuggets for kids. Oh, sure. And then they leave two of them on the plate, and you go eat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Just throw those in the garbage? Heck no. I started the COVID at 195, and right now I am at 207. Not too yeah. shabby. No, not too shabby. But it was worse. It was oh, worse, although, bro. Although it was I, worse. I speculate, like, ha- have we lost some muscle mass? Oh yeah. Yeah, because even at work, I'm doing a completely different job now that doesn't require a lot of my masculinity to be tested. The the, the number's <laughs> similar, but the shape is a little. The shape is a little off, off bro. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think I was probably at two fifteen to two twenty, and then I started really like, oh shit, started running, started like doing more cycling, started you know, just being more active. Because yeah, like you said, you get stuck in that rut where you just want to come home and watch TV. And he, I'll just fucking work out tomorrow. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Then I took a week off from work. And when I stopped working, when I stopped being productive, like completely, uh, 
That's when shit. That's when it'll go sideways, bro. That's when it'll go sideways. The one thing I know you've been being staying on top of since you said wifey goes to work. You've been a teacher. How's that fucking dynamic been? How how have you taken on that role? More like a casual babysitter. You know, I mean, I know that we were teaching the kids, but a lot of it's like, daddy, how do you spell this word? Um, You know, like setting the timer on your phone to make sure the kids get back online. I mean, but it's tough, you know, dude, that's the, that's key. The timer. I never, I've never used my timer on my fucking cell phone so much until like oh, this last dude <laughs> distance well, learning. And, and I mean, you know, you got, you got what three of them now that are, yeah. that are doing the distance learning. And, you know, I've got two plus my four year old. And so, you know, the, the goal I'm blessed because my 14 year old is Helps. like fully autonomous. So, I mean, she didn't help me with anything other than like, she will get out of her bedroom at eight o'clock, go in the bathroom, come out 30 minutes later, go in her bedroom. And I don't see her again until three o'clock. And, uh, she's killing it. I mean, she, she, she's going to Hilltop. She's ninth grader, first semester, uh, 4.17 GPA, third in her class. Go ahead. Um, you know, so, so I'm pretty Gets it from her mama. Yeah. Go ahead. No, her mama's an idiot. All right. There it is. Um, (laughs) She gets it from me or. I don't even know <laughs> by osmosis from her stepmother. Um, but yeah, so, you know, so, so that, that, that's kind of, she handles her own business. And then, and then the, the seven-year-old, I mean, he's a, he's a load, it, you know, he needs a lot of attention and a lot of soothing at times and, uh, middle child. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, he has his like Hulk out moments and, um, but yeah, I mean, like you, 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 you think like, oh, I'm, I'm home alone or I'm, I'm home all day, every day. Um, cause you know, my businesses are closed and like, you know, like I'm going to grind and hustle and like start this and do this and accomplish this. And it's like, you can't leave the kitchen where my seven year old is doing his learning because it's like you leave for five minutes and all of a sudden he's wandered off or he's playing Minecraft or some, whatever he's doing. And so, I mean, you, it really is like a full-time job. We've been forced to reel everything in, dude. We've been forced to just, I keep saying like trim the fat, but we've been forced to just like kind of ignore the external and really focus on the internal, you know, focus on, on our relationships, focus on parenting, focus on like, dude, there's a lot of alone time, you know, there's a lot of me time. There's a lot of like, ugh, I get fed up with myself, you know, like I, I started reading more and I started like doing more shit just to kind of like, like get myself out of the funk. Um, what have you, have you figured anything out about yourself? Have you discovered anything new? Have you gone through any fucking lows and highs? Uh, I mean, definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of anxiety, mm. you know? And so I, I've had to, uh, learn how to manage anxiety over the last nine months, you know, and some of it is, um, you know, business related, you know, I mean, it's, you know, when your business is forced to close and you're stuck at home all day thinking about it, I mean, you know, it's dangerous, but the mind runs wild. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, definitely, uh, managing that, um, I've been doing a lot of yard work. Good for you. So, nice. you know, I mean, and out of boredom or, you know, I don't know, or the, the just the fact that uh, we're home, you know, all the time, you know, so I, I've really tried to maintain my yard and make it look all pretty. And, you know, it's, it's like the shit that you can do, you know? I look to you as one of the strong pillars in my circle. And fortunately, you've maintained. <laughs> and by that, I mean, like, you haven't crumbled. You know, I've seen people, I've seen people in my circle crumble and i'm like oh i could be next that could happen but like you i look to you and i'm like all right cool we still got his family intact um we can't really fuck around with the business there's not much to do there you know but i mean i i'm looking for people that are solid you know i need i need that stability if i can't handle it i gotta lean on somebody fortunately i haven't had to lean on anybody yet just wifey poor wifey put her fucking (laughs) put her ass through the ringer she goes inside and makes dinner (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like I look at you and I know glasses and glasses calls you the muse and, and I look to you the same way, man. You know, I, I look at you as, a, uh, somebody that I can bounce shit off of. Like, I don't have to worry about you In my circle. You're the last one I have to worry about. I don't have to worry about you at all. Whereas in my, in my circle, I've had to worry too much about people. And I'm like, Oh no, where then I find out I'm like, fuck, what about me? Like I'm kind of falling apart on, you know, behind, behind the scenes, I'm kind of fucking crumbling and I gotta, I gotta worry about fixing myself. I have friends that um, I don't have to talk to, like you. Right. Like I, I classify you as one of those friends. Like I don't got to fucking talk to you. Like I know what you're up to. I know what you're doing. We're doing the same shit. We can go a month and probably not see each other face to face. Kind of like right now, and then just kind of sit down, have a whiskey, chill out, and shoot the shit. Par for the course. I feel like we don't really skip a beat. And then I know that the other friends, like you have to really work on, on making it happen. You know. And for me, it's like okay, cool. <sighs> 
I'm slowly surrounding myself with family and just the people I know I, I don't have to worry about. It's just too much, bro. My cup is full and, and I don't want to have it overflow. It's unfair to my family and the loved ones and unfair to people that are homies too, you know? Well, how has uh, your relationship with wifey changed in the last nine months? You know, we've always had a legit relationship because I, I, we've been, I've known her since she was four years old and I was seven and we've dated shit. 41, like 20 years, dude. And we've been married for 15 years. But, but life is different now. So, so we, you yeah. Know, so, you, I mean, our, we're, we're more like home focused, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I love it. Oh, I love it I too. I fucking love it. Bro. I love it too. You know, so, the, but there's, there's less, uh, you, you have to confront whatever, whatever, weaknesses whatever, yeah. could be whatever demons, whatever weaknesses, whatever like men you needed to make. Yeah. And you know what? For us, it was my end, lack of time, lack of, uh, prioritization of, of of people and the time that I spend. And right here, there's nothing else. You just can't, I just can't pick up and go to the Alwood and hang out or the Manhattan or the brewery. You know, like those options are no longer there. And those options are strictly, if I'm going there, we're going to operate, you know? Right. I'm forced to be at home all the time. And I realize, well, fuck, this has always been cool. You know, it wasn't by choice that I had to go out and do these things. It's kind of like, you know, it's part of the gig. If you're going to run a business, you got to run the business. You have to fucking be there and, you know, put in your time, punch your card. But now that I'm here, it's like the same thing. It's like you're, you're operating your home like a business. You got to be here, you know, like in Spanish is el, el que tenga tienda que la tienda. You know, if, if you have a store, you have to, you have to tend to it. Right. You can't just like have the employees run it. You know, you have to make sure you're there and at home, shit, that's 150% even more so. So at home, what I've learned is everything, like the kids song, everything is awesome. <laughs> I, I love waking up, going to work, coming home and knowing wifey is here with the kids. And then we start our day from there. Like, what are we going to do? Like, do I check in at the brewery and make sure everything's cool? Okay, cool. Now what? Take the kids on little adventures. We'll go for a walk. We'll ride our bikes. We'll go get ice cream. We'll walk on the beach. Just doing shit that we normally say for the weekends. Now we can just do it during the week. You know, we can do it at all times. I'm, I'm happy and I'm hoping when this is over, that helps me kind of manage my time better where it's like, I don't have to be at the brewery three or four hours a day. You know, I, I can slowly peel back and say I can do most. And that's kind of what this whole plan that I've been working on right now has been like, I'm, I'm putting people in place that do what I do, but do it better. You know, I don't have to be the asshole. That's always like pulling all the strings. I don't need that. There's like, you've told me before, there's other areas that I, I, I need to be focusing on. I don't need to focus on pouring beer. You know, I don't need to focus on, uh, on, on, on things that are very much relevant in operating a business, but they're better suited for somebody else and not the business owner. I feel like our time as that role was initial when we opened our businesses and people were kind of coming in and we were getting the, the, the brands off of the ground, but all of our brands that we we're involved with are off of the ground. All of our brands that we're involved with currently have people in place that do what we need to do better. Right. And even if they do things at 90% of the level that you would do it at, if that's what gives you two extra days with your family, is it not worth it? Check that box. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down. I mean, my ego and it will always tell me like, no one can do it better than myself. No one's going to out hustle me. And I've learned that in this current time, I don't need, I don't fucking have to prove anything. Like, I feel like I just need our businesses to be operational. And when that happens, everything will be good. Right now, we just got to work hard enough to make our shit bridge that gap well you know i, I feel like in, in owning uh you know local businesses you know especially um in the industry we're in like people want to see you yeah like they they want to see you specifically mm. and, and it's tough because there's that pressure of like giving face time to customers and, and your employees and, and, and we owe it to our employees but you know none of them are more important than wifey as much as they think they are. Or the kids. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's, you know, it, it's, you know, I know that, um, you know, in our experience with the Elwood, there's, there's been times where, you know, you can tell the employees want FaceTime and yeah. attention. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and the question I have is, well, but what do you need me for? You know, and it's nothing. They just want to see you and know that they're important and, and they are important, you know, but, you know, if I'm at my bar all day, every day, or even just every single day for a few hours, like that, that takes away from the time that, that I'm building relationships with my kids, building relationships with my wife. And I think of anything, the pandemic has kind of taught me that is like the businesses are important and these employees matter and I care about them, but like wifey's one, kids are one a, and nothing will change that. 
And that's what we really need to focus on. I mean, what I've learned also is that the way certain people operate, like I, I know people need to be told, I talked about this in the last podcast with Chicles, like people really need to be told, hey, you're killing it, you're doing a good job. And I fucking suck at that, you know, because I'm, right. I'm very head down. I have my tasks that I have to do and I just got to get through it. But along the way, like I realized that, oh, I have to pat people on the back. And my method of doing that is like, bro, cool. Like, you like, did it well done let's let's work on this now let's let's do this right now we need to work on that or it's like you, you have your shifts like you know like what more do you need from me but people need more you know yeah. and it's and it's you know they don't necessarily need you to hang out and stand next to their bar all day uh, but you know look at them in the eye and say i'm so happy to have you on the team and i appreciate all the hard work you put in you're i see the hard work you put in like i can tell you love working here thank you and it goes a mile it's just crazy times, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate Steve. you, Maddie. Oh my God, I appreciate oh. you. He's <sighs> got real gay in this treehouse. <laughs> what it be? <laughs> you guys talking about gay? Bro? Not that it's wrong or anything. Legos, bro. You're nuts with the Legos, bro. What's wrong with Legos? I'm curious what your fascination is with the Legos. You got me a pinchy hot dog vendor stand for Christmas. One of those things. Well. I and I don't want you to feel that you're not special. Go ahead. Everybody on the team. <laughs> so everybody on the team got a hot dog vendor Lego. Uh, and in the 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 funny part about that was it's a discontinued Lego. So I actually had to go and like win a bunch of auctions on uh, eBay. Did you really to, to get the like 24 hot dog vendor Legos that I needed for every team member at the Manhattan and the Elwood? Um, you know, so I mean, obviously it was a hard year. We didn't really have holiday parties. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, we wanted to make sure that we still took care of the employees. And, uh, you know, instead of like a, a big fancy gift, we went with uh, making sure everyone got their bonuses. And I just thought a little like tongue in cheek nod to how fucked up 2020 has been uh, a hot dog vendor since uh, both the Elwood and the Manhattan have resorted to serving hot dogs for $2. Gourmet dogs, bro. Gourmet weenies in order to fulfill the requirement of being a restaurant. Check in a box. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so so I mean, I've been a Lego fan for a long time. Um, they call them uh, uh, there's an acronym. I think it's Adult Fan of Lego A Falls. A Falls. Yeah. All so right. you look that up. A F O L. Adult Fan of Lego. Uh, and I'm not crazy. Like I, some, I mean, some people get real wild. Um, but like I've always enjoyed putting Legos together. Uh, you know, I was always super stoked when uh, one of my kids would get uh, a Lego, or even like back when I was younger, like in my teenage years and my younger brother would get one and he had no interest in building it he just wanted to play with it and i was stoked because i had no interest in playing with it all i wanted to do was build and uh i don't know just something fun and satisfying about putting a, a set together Bro, you are the king of hobbies though you are the king of trinkets the king of toys all of those things because because of you i kind of kind of my, my love and infatuation with infatuation with cards like with baseball cards kind of you rekindled that light for me and i've been out, out on the prowl searching and seeking new cards specifically just pottery cards bro i've been looking for a lot of like rookie cards but i know your collection is vast well you know my, so my collection uh you know so i have my collection um and then my dad has been a collector and we both collected since you know the the, the mid 80s and um you know and, and there's just something i mean we, so we've always collected and the, the hobby as a whole has kind of had its ups and downs but the hobby has blown up amid uh, the pandemic. And so it had been on the rise for the last couple of years, but uh, ever since March, uh, you know, I feel like everyone's got a lot of spare time and they're getting back into their hobbies. Hell yeah. And so you got a lot of like 35, 40, 45 year olds um, getting back into what they, what they loved. And so uh, baseball cards, Go ahead. Uh, comic books, mm. uh, the toy market, especially like the eighties toy market is unreal right now. So uh, people are buying up, G.I. Joe's, fucking He-Man's, uh, all that crazy shit. Baseball cards, sports cards, uh, just like everyone's getting back into it, uh, which, which, is, which is cool. Like on one hand, as somebody who's been doing it for 35 years, like it's cool like to, to have people join the club. Um, but all the prices have skyrocketed. Oh, yeah, that they all, have. All the like, all the, the new stuff that comes out, like it gets snatched up. Like you used to be able to go to Target or Walmart and like shop packs. Target and Walmart picked bear and every single like like there's dudes that know when they restock the shelves and these dudes just like stand there like mo creepers 
waiting for the stock lady to just show up and the second she puts the card on the, the, the little thing, they pull them all off and they pick it bare. And then a lot of these assholes, they just throw it on an offer up or somewhere and try to make a buck on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, it's as a hobby, it's, it's, it's crazy right now. Um, but it's fun cause everyone's into it. And you know, a lot of people that weren't into it are into it now. A lot of people that used to be into it are back into it. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, as, as I've been successful in business, um, I have, uh, found myself, uh, committing to enjoying a lot of the things I enjoyed as a kid. It's become a cycle, like legitimately full circle with everything. I feel like everything is cyclical. You know, what was once cool in the eighties, then went lame. Then all of a sudden came back full force. And then the nineties, everything just, it, it, it has its cycles. I have a homie at work. His name's Jad. Um, his Instagram handle is, uh, my video game collection. And bro, he's one of those guys that goes goes where the hobby takes him. He's at Kobe's swap meet every weekend. I guess six in the morning. He he, he jumps in there and and he's he, he's quote unquote dumpster diving for shit, bro. Like I put out a a, a a request for him. I said, hey man, I really want to find the like uh, Guitar Hero one and two on the PlayStation two. He found it, huh? He fucking found it, but it was like three hundred dollars, bro. Three hundred dollars. I was like, and I wanted it for the kids, and I was like, I they. The kids. Yeah. And I was like, God, they, they're not going to like it as much as I am. And I don't want to spend $300 on a plastic guitar, you know, plastic guitar and a $10 video game, man. So yeah, ultimately he's like, just wait, wait, wait until later. So I'm going to get it. Cause I remember it had Kansas on there. <laughs> well, you know, and the crazy, and, 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 and I'm, I'm pretty like up on the like video game market too. And, okay. and, and so all that stuff's going up a lot too in value and, and cost. And the crazy thing is, so, um, and this is like the same with uh, a lot of the other collectible markets. So uh, let's say you were a big fan of Legend of Zelda back when you were a kid. All right. And you were like, man, like I really want to uh, play that game again. So you could buy like the the NES Classic for whatever, 80 bucks or whatever it is, and you can play it. Or you could buy the original Nintendo and that cartridge. You could probably get both for like 100, 150 bucks right now uh, and play the game like as you wanted it. But like if you're, if you were like, one of those like nerdy all alone kids back in, you know, 1987 when it came out and you want what no one else has, you can buy legend of Zelda mint in the box <sighs> with cellophane. And there's even companies that will like rewrap uh, it and reprint. The, 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 they will encase it like in an acrylic case. And if it is flawless, so there's no like bends on any of the corners of the box. I'm not even talking about the game, the box is like perfectly mint, no rips in the cellophane. Those are going for like upwards of $5,000 right now. And who are these people buying that shit, bro? Jesus they're they're Christ. the kids that we beat up in high school oh my that God. ended up at Harvard or Stanford or MIT. whoever. <laughs> yeah, and, and, they're, and they're millionaires. And so, I mean, you think like, I always try to relate things to my life. And, and so like when, when I was living check to check, I mean, spending 50 bucks on a hobby was, was a tough sell. And, you know, now that like the businesses are doing good or, or they were doing good. They're just on timeout. They're just on timeout. They're on timeout. They're on like timeout. They, they were naughty and yeah, they had wouldn't. to put them in timeout. Got to learn know, but, a lesson. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, you, you got a little bit of money, you got some equity in your home and it was like, man, like, uh, so a purchase that I made two years ago, although I just sold it a couple months ago. So I bought a, 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 uh, in really nice condition gauntlet video game. You fucking sold it already, huh? Yeah. So oh. I, I bought it and it was $1,600 and it's only one game, you know, it's the whole cabinet and everything. But like, I remember playing it with my dad back at this like pizza shop where we stole vacation. Purchase. Yeah. You know? And so I had all these great memories of it. I bought it. I had some friends come over and play it. Me and my sons would play it. My dad came at one point and him and I played it together. And then it sat in my garage. And then when the pandemic started, I was like, man, like I need this garage for, I want to store other things. I want to work out. I want to do things in my garage. And I was like, you know, I had fun with it, but I'm going to sell it. Uh, and, and I sold it, you know, I made a, a couple, couple bucks on it, but, but the 1600, that was no big deal. You know? And so you think like, okay, like when I was poor, 50 bucks was a big deal. When I had a little bit of money, 1600, like I figured if I needed to sell it, I could sell it. And so I just, I wanted it. I bought it. Um, did you use it yeah but not enough was it functional everything was cool with oh yeah it, it worked beautifully oh, you nice. know but you think about these dudes that have 10 20 million in the bank like for them to drop 5g on a video game that's in a plastic case that they'll never Nothing, play bro. it's like us buying a burrito yeah. yeah they don't care you know yeah i mean it's like you know and it's it's like these guys you know like so we're sipping templeton rye right now want some more or what uh no i'm good dude, dude this you, is this you, is you, you you heavy poured me <laughs> i love uh, it but you know, that, that's like a solid $40, $50 bottle of rye. And 
you know, I, I got no problem paying 50 bucks for a bottle of whiskey. I'd pay 150, maybe 200 bucks, but there's dudes out there that will pay 2G, 5G, 8G for a bottle of whiskey. What's a bottle of whiskey that's 2Gs? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, I mean, Pappy. Pappy. Uh, there's, there's some of the, like, antique series from um, the, the Sazerac Distillery, Buffalo Trace. Um, so, I mean, like, there's, there's stuff out there, but it's like, for you and I, that doesn't taste that different. Than a $50 bottle. Like, Bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking enjoy the $25 bottle of Bucanas that I get from the Elwood. I say, hey, man, I need to pick up a bottle of Bucanas. You can give me that or what is a good bottle I have? What do I have? I have the McKellen's 18. 18 the McKellen's yeah. 18. You know, yeah. it's 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 not a bank breaker. It's like a buck fifty. Yeah, it's not a bank breaker, but it's significantly more expensive than $25 to $30 for a Bucanas Buchanan's, bro. So for me, it's right. like, but but other than the fact that you know exactly what Bucana tastes like, I mean, really, like, what's the <laughs> what what's the difference in taste? You know, like if if you were to do like the whole blind taste test thing, ah, I can I can pick up Bucana. I, mean, I, I know you can, yeah. but but like, but let's say it was let's say it was a, a Mac twelve versus a Macallan eighteen. Like if I poured them side by side, like could you tell the difference? Ah, uh, probably Maybe. not. Probably yeah. not. The McAllen's, McAllen's 12 is fucking smooth yeah. already. Or, or the 25. 25, yes. Ooh, I've had my experience with 25. Right, but if I, if I put the 18 next to the 25. Yes, for sure the 25. Now, if I did that three times in a row, four times in a row, would you pick it right every time? Who knows? Uh, no, probably and, not. And, and it, so is it worth the extra $1,300 that you'd spend on a 25 versus an 18? I'd never had the 25 until my sister got married and... um got married in downtown. I, oh, fuck, I'm drawing a, a blank right now. A wet hotel was like an old-ass traditional hotel in this Gaslam district. And, um, Is that the Grant? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was an old little bar down there, bro. It was like a little boutique bar. And some dude was like, oh, why are you guys here? I was like, oh, my sister's getting married. And he's like, oh, cool. What are you guys drinking? And he's like, you know what? Am I in that 25? You know, my sister's wedding, wah, wah, wah. He's like, you know what? I have a tab open. Fucking enjoy damn bro tell me we didn't drink like three of them because <laughs> those bitches those bitches are a buck and a quarter for a shot oh yeah a shot you know just so we were just on, sipping on, on the cheap there yeah so we were just drinking and we talked we, we told the bartender because he was there i'm not the asshole and the bartender was like you said you could have whatever you want man if you want that 25 i'll pour it for you so i, re I don't remember who i was with i think it was a cousin or a close friend i was like you know what bring him up one more <laughs> okay, just one more, and then we're out of here. <laughs> and, and then you start feeling guilty. Not at all, because I didn't know that guy. Hey, but a McKellen's oh. twenty five, bro. I can tell the difference on that one. It tasted smooth. It was it was everything that I expected an expensive whiskey to taste like. But I'm a twenty five dollar bottle guy. You know, I'll have a JMO and yeah. I'll have a Bucanas, and that's a wrap for me. And the reason I'm bringing up all these hobbies is because we started a project many moons ago, dude. We started Ever ago. Dude, we started fucking this little like side project. Before spring training even started. Right. And and we were like, we had, uh, I think we did one episode. Yeah. We did, we did one episode. We like kind of launched it. And then in, in our whole idea was spring training is about to start. We need to get in before spring training and get this thing started. And then spring training vanished. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the Wax Pack Podcast. The Wax Pack Podcast. I feel like now it encompasses all things hobbies with a major focus on baseball it's tradition, it's big role that it played in your life growing up and my life growing up and the way we kind of like uh, use it as an heirloom to pass it down to our little weenies. Because I don't know about your boys, my boys enjoy baseball. They like sitting down on the couch and watching baseball. And I'm jealous because these little assholes, their first taste of being a Padre fan is, is a winning fucking franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's like they, they, they're, they're walking into a Machalo contract, a Tatis contract that's looming, all of these fucking major pieces being moved by the god AJ Preller. It's like, dude, I was here through like the Bip Roberts, Jack McKeon era with like Jack Clark playing first base and Jesus Christ, man, garbage teams. And now I'm like, all right, well, you know what? If I don't get to recognize a legitimate uh, star-studded franchise, hopefully the boys will, you know? The wax pack, we got to bring it back. It's like we, we, we have everything in play now. We, we have all of the pieces in play. Baseball's coming back. Baseball's coming back. We're here in the middle of January. So I feel like if we start recording this by when pitchers and catchers come back, we can have like a, a very heavy baseball influence one. But maybe we bring people on that are geeks in a certain gaming hobby era or genre rather. 
and then just bring him on. We have some whiskey. We shoot the shit. We 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 talk. We shit on each other. You know, emo brown, but with a <laughs> with with a direct purpose. Well, and 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 we will continue the tradition of uh, opening baseball cards. Oh man. So, that was fun. But yeah, my, my collection has only grown. I can imagine. So we got some we got I can imagine. plenty to choose from. We're gonna rip some packs. We're gonna get all bonered out about, you know, pulling a Tony Gwynn. I don't think people realize how exciting about Wally it, Joyner. Ooh, Wally World. How exciting it is to open a mid eighties pack of baseball cards. Especially an when, early eighties I mean, pack of baseball cards. You were born in nineteen seventy nine. I was sir. born in nineteen eighty. And and you know, and so those you open up a pack from like 1987, 1988, like those were the dudes where you were like, oh my god, like you know Corey Snyder, like, Ooh, I can't wait Cleveland to see. Indians. Yeah, he's on a Hall of Fame track. He didn't do shit. But, nope. Or Chris Sabo. Oh, he was awesome with or the glasses. Greg Jeffries, switch hitting yeah, New York man. Greg Jeffries is one of the big ones. Kevin Moss. That was your guy. Greg Jeffries was your guy. Well, he was well, not my guy, but like in the hobby. So one the big guy for me was His rookie card was the shit. That's that right. was So a when one. that yeah, that was like the key card for me. Uh it was Matt Noakes. So Matt Noakes came Detroit up in 87, yeah. uh had a killer breakout season in 87 and then his rookie card, he might have had like some late season rookie cards in 87, but his big card was 1988 uh, and I just remember like just being so all about getting that card, and I mean, he never did shit. He that, that, that was your big get. Uh, That's what you were looking for at that in that era. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. well yeah, and then you know, and then we were, you know, me and my me and my pops were, uh, you know, back then. So that was like the late '80s. We were big into basketball because my dad mm-hmm. played basketball in college, and that was like the your pick. dad's Larry Bird. Uh, yeah, but cool. like skinnier, <laughs> whiter than Larry Bird. If that's oh, possible, <laughs> and with some glasses. Whiter bird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he played in college and so we were big into it and, you know, that was like, you know, we were ripping, ripping packs to get Pistons cause the Pistons, that was the bad boy era. You know, so you had Dumars and Thomas and Lambeer and Buddha and John Sally and Mahorn and, and, uh, and Rodman. And I mean, that, that was like the era. Just by circumstance, I started collecting basketball cards. You know, my main shit was baseball cards. I started collecting soccer cards. I started collecting when Upper Deck started making like the World Cup cards or when indoor MISL. Um, started doing their soccer cards. They used to have all of the soccer cards, and we'd get them autographed. But my major pool when I was little was the 1986 Donruss Jose Canseco, bro. Yeah, that, that was the grail. See, that, 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 that was, was like the, the year one. before I started collecting baseball cards. And so, like, I remember, like, going to card shows and seeing that card and be like, damn. you know, like one. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I collected 87 tops. And so the Canseco... With the the all rookie trophy, oh the tops with the wood yeah, the wood frame the wood one. frame yeah I mean that's an iconic set, um, but yeah I mean it's shit, we're gonna be here for like four hours that's aren't we? fine bro <laughs> I love baseball cards yeah, I mean, I mean it, you know that, that give was, me your top three baseball cards from your era that you were chasing from my era yeah um, yeah you know it it wasn't I mean it, I definitely switched over to basketball pretty quick but like I remember. The 87 tops, that Bo Jackson. Yeah, future stars. The future stars, yeah. Bo Jackson, where he's like legging something mm-hmm. out. Um, I mean, I want to say it was 91 score, the Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. That was a big one. The upper deck version was even on the next level, too, because I believe he was wearing the Birmingham outfit. Because, yeah, because he was in a that, Birmingham jersey for White Sox. Yeah, and that was that. It, tops, tops had that one, too, with the, the Birmingham uh, jersey. And then. Um, Dude, that whole set for Upper Deck, Randy Johnson rookie card, Chipper Jones, Larry Jones rookie card, Frank Thomas rookie card. Dude, there are so many bangers in that set. As like a, you know, so like I, I remember collecting a lot of stuff like with my dad, we'd open up stuff together. But I remember like when I started like actually like, you know, like I, when I would, my mom would take me to like card shops. I remember the, the big thing that I was collecting and I've recently started buying up a bunch of boxes of it is 1990 Upper Deck Hockey. Oh shit! First year of, of Upper Deck Hockey, and it had uh, so many rookies in it. I mean, you had uh, Pavel Bure, you had never uh, heard of him, Sergey Fedorov. Okay, yeah, I heard Jarmy Yager. No, Yager was the big Yager one with the J. Yeah, like Yogging. Yeah, Jarmer Jogger, Ed Belfour, a ton of rookies. I just remember buying those and just like holding my stack of cards that I had. You're holding something else. Look at you, man. Shit, bro! I never got into hockey. So oh. I never, I could never really get into, yeah. I did get into, um, what was that? It was on Nintendo, the hockey game. Uh, Wayne Gretzky? No. Well, there was ice hockey. 
Maybe which, it was, which is yeah. the one where you pick the four different like sized guys. Like there was the fat guys that when they check somebody, they it would was knock gonna them over. cause them damage. The skinny guys were real fast, and then you had like the middle guys that were kind of like in between. Fuck the movie Swingers had the game that I used to have. Oh yeah, it was NHL '94. Some 95. shit like that. Yeah. That shit was amazing. Yeah, EA, EA Sports NHL '94. That was a great game. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the fights. I mean, it was like the the fights in that game. They took it to the next level, and so like it was almost like Street Fighter in a hockey game. So good. Dude, Wax Pack is going to be bananas. We're just going to fucking be nostalgic, reminiscing on lame nerd, shit. Nerd shit. Yeah. yeah, nerd shit. Lame ass nerd shit. Nerd shit. For me, it's baseball cards. We started getting back into biking. Biking's fun now. You know, I love golf. I'm a nerd. Like, I I, I, I like nerdy shit, you know? I like nerdy shit and I like whiskey. Yeah, the only time I deviated from, like, being a nerd was when I was trying to go ahead with girls. Get girls what? Like, get with them. To do what? To... Have uh, intercourse to have them touch my penis. Okay, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, because even back then, I remember like reading comic books, collecting cards, playing video games, and it was like, you know, the 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 score was when you had that girl that was like, she'd come over to your house, your parents weren't there, you do whatever, and then once you're done, you throw on the the Nintendo sixty four and you'd play Mario Kart or Bond for a couple hours until it's time to go again. Damn, that was a great. That was that was a great day right there, bro. <laughs> Wait, you played Bond? I never played 007. Oh, oh Goldeneye. That was my shit. Yeah. That was that was That was game. your shit. I feel like, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I feel like uh as we get older, we think about like, you know, the end and I feel like heaven is just you just replay all the memories, like the coolest shit from your life. So it's like you just live in real time like being 18, like hanging out with your girlfriend, playing Nintendo 64 going to Taco Bell, eating Taco Bell every day and not gaining a pound. It's a good life. We've, we've become those dudes, bro. Yeah. Fuck. We've I, become I, Jay and Silent Bob reminiscing on shit I, from the I past. Just, I just want to relive that golden era of my life. You can right now with your boys. Well, yeah. and, and, and do it. So I bought my boys for Christmas. So uh, Masters of the Universe. Yes, sir. He-Man. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they have reissued a lot of the toys and and like they, they're not exact but they they're like 90 percent the same as the ones that came out in the 80s and so um we watched this uh there's a series uh series on netflix called this the the, sh- the shows that made us or uh something like that but this was a he-man episode so we watched it with the boys they were into it and i bought them these reissues of he-man and skeletor pricey or no they're like uh 14 bucks a piece okay, okay. you know for like a, an action figure with you know all the you know do your kids take care of these figures shit. or they just tear into them and start using them up? Uh, well, I ensure that they take care. We have conversations about caring for your toys. Go ahead. Uh, keeping your He-Man separate from your Legos. And, Look at you fucking. Oh, dude. Yeah, Rain Man. Over yeah, here. Rain Man and shit. Um, I get my, my underwear at Kmart. Definitely at Kmart. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, you know, like I remember, you know, it's funny. My, my mom always tells me the first, like, not my first word, but my first complete sentence was He-Man sold separately. Jesus, Lord, I believe yeah. it. I, I fucking believe it. Yeah, nerd shit. And, you know, I, I ended up in front of the TV a lot when I was young. And, um, but, you know, it's to, to see th- those were well made, well constructed toy series and toy lines. And, and I want to see my kids enjoy those. Fuck yeah. Oh. So I buy them the toys. It's perfect, bro. This is perfect because I feel like legitimately that's what Wax Pack's going to be. A lot more baseball centric, but hubby shit, bro. Because well, yeah, but, well, our focus is the Padres. Ah, uh, say it loud. Baseball. Say it proud. Padres. Padres. Bitch, you need a tattoo. Tattoo. You no, no. I got mine. Chicken tattoos. I'm in for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm in for the chicken. I'm. I gotta get the chicken. I think a chicle drew a a beer can that we're gonna use this season for for the Padres using a chicken. So that'll nice. be awesome. <laughs> Maddie, I love you. This is oh. usually when you would say it back. I love you too. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to. I haven't seen you. I feel like this is the only way I was going to see you. It's right? called dramatic pause. Yeah. Oh, okay. For effect. And, and, and you were you were impressed by my uh, my uh, non dodging of this podcast, huh? Yeah. Well, actually, I feel like you're the one who brought it up. I gave up because you came in. You came in the day that we shut down. It was yes. the day. It yeah. was March seventeenth. No, March twelfth. Right around because it was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I remember, and it was so March sixteenth, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Monday was March sixteenth. We shut down, and we just talked about it. And our attitude was like, you know what? Let's go through this this couple of weeks and let's see what happens. And then it was a month later. You came back in. You're like, hey man, now what's going on? Well, I don't know. We'll see how long this lasts. 
And that was the last time we spoke about or anything on the podcast, rather. And I've been trying to like get you in and get updates. But it just turned into like one month was the exact same as the last month. It was Groundhog Day, all of 2020, bro. I had nothing new to contribute. This is shit. We're just shooting the shit, bro. I know. This is the treehouse. The treehouse brings I, out I, the- I always have shit to contribute, <laughs> but- Oh, you know, it's- And here we are almost a year back, dude. Almost a fucking year. Yeah. Today is Isn't the anniversary crazy? of the first confirmed U.S. Isn't that crazy? COVID case. Go get your vaccine. You're going to get it? What's your stance on that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get it. You know, and, and wifey and I were talking today, you know, talking about the, the idea that like uh, dentists are going to get certified to give it. Um, vets maybe even are going to get, and, you know, and, and I told her, I said, you know, if, if our dog's doctor called us today and said, hey, we got doses and we're vaccinating, I would go to the vet today. And it's not that I'm deathly afraid of the vaccine. It's not that I think that the, you know, that, that like it's going to make my life normal again by getting it. But every single one of us that gets it is one less person that is going to get COVID and these cases can go down and we can slowly open up back. our businesses. Yeah, slowly get back to what we're used to. All I want is my business is open and, you know. Well, let's be real. Be Things to. are happy right now. You, the, your priorities are where they're at. Well, and, and, and my prior, my priorities have changed in a way that they will never fully change back. Correct. The I, I have grown to uh, love and appreciate my family Correct. way more than I did before the pandemic, just by virtue of spending time with them. And so it was a welcome, a welcoming right. eye opening experience it, before the pandemic. It was always every minute I spend in my businesses is, is maybe more money that we can make. And so I got to go do this. Like low key. I always thought we were competing. Like who could be, who could work longer who right. could do more? You know, and, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but I always to, told wife, he's like, oh, I got to fucking not hustle mad. I got to go to the brewery. I got to take care of what I got to take care of. Pop over to the Elwood, get back to the brewery. And I don't see it like that anymore. If anything, I feel like, no, if I can do this shit in an hour a day where both businesses get handled, do it. I'm going to do that. I don't need to like legitimately, I don't micromanage already per se, but I feel like I got to take care of it. Oh, uh, fuck. Don't worry. I got this. Fuck, don't know. I got this. I can do well, this. And if somebody else can handle it, like, you know, let I'm me all in favor. It, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's the life. You know, like, <sighs> I like hanging out of my house, eating dinner with my family. Oh, isn't it? That's nice. Playing with baseball cards, building Legos, watching shit on Netflix with my wife. Life is good. You know, and my, my wife works early in the morning. So sometimes she goes to bed at nine o'clock and sometimes. Like, I'm not even tired. I like just going and laying down with wifey and falling asleep with her. Look at you. Life is good, man. Thank you. I needed this positivity today. Even in a shitty time, life is good. You know, and it's funny. I always said when, uh, w when this pandemic went down, uh, all those couples out there, they're either headed for yeah. the next baby <laughs> or divorce or papers. Yeah. And, you know, and, do you know anybody and, got divorced? Uh, no, no, not. Okay, not good. Yeah. But, you know, but, but, you know, I, I know lots of married couples and, and you can definitely see like we are forced to spend a lot of time together and we are struggling mm -hmm. or we are, we are spending a lot of time together and it's like a whole new level of like, awesome. I love it. I love it. And I don't think, like you said, I don't think I'll ever have to be, put in a position to like pull away from it again. You know, I feel like this is a perfect fit. This is the square peg in the square shape little hole, you know, like this is where it belongs. You know, I feel like there's this mentality among men where it's like you, 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 you know, it's probably like our dad's generation. This like you get a job, you work, you work till you're 65. Hopefully you worked well enough and hard enough that you got your retirement, you know, and, 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 you know, I think you and I come from the same school where we're blessed that like we have we have parents that we don't we don't have to support them. Mm. And if anything, like they've their financial independence has allowed us to be more cavalier about chasing our dreams. Very much so. You know, and, and so, you know, I I think we're in a position where you know, we don't have that mentality of like, well, I gotta work till I'm sixty five. You know, we go, dude, uh, you know, I, I worked my ass off for 10 or 15 years, I've, I've made good inroads on paying down my house, building up my 401k, the, the, the whole deal. Like, why do I want to keep working? You know, like I've got young kids, like this is the most important yeah. time for me to be there. 
you know, so why, you know, why would I work 50, 60 hours a week when I can work 20 and just kick it with my kids, kick it with my wife, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't know. You see like these couples, right? And it's like, they work their ass off and it's like, they're 60 years old going on cruises together. Now we can enjoy you know, our lives. Wives. Like, yeah. ah, fuck that. Like, I want to hang out with my wife all day when, I mean, she's 37, yeah. I'm 40. Like, you know, now is when I want to kick it. Yeah. I mean. Not 20 years from now. I almost feel like I'm semi-retired already. You know, the businesses are the businesses. Those are passions. Those are things you do and they're fun. I don't really see a lot of work into it. Obviously there's, there's. There's I's to cross, there's T's to, cr- to wait, I's to dot, T's to cross, you know? Correct, correct. So it's like, obviously there's responsibilities, but I mean, I work UPS, you know, and that's easy work because it's in the morning, I go it up, but I legitimately feel that I'm semi-retired. If I can continue this pace for the next 10 years, I'm cool. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, I told wifey, I mean, if, if it wasn't for that pandemic, wifey would be looking at like retirement in the next year or two, you know, sort of maybe like three years out. Um you know, but I want wifey to quit working. You know, I mean, there's, you know, if the businesses are running and running yeah. well, there's no reason for wifey to work, you know, and, and like, I, I want her to be able to enjoy the kids. You know, I want her to be able to like, look back and, you know, and not go, oh man, like, it's so great. We got $5 million in the bank. Like I'd rather her go, you got $5 million in the bank. Well, no, not even close. All right, cool. But I don't want to work till I'm 60 <laughs> to get 5 million. You know, I'd rather you know, I'd rather retire now or semi-retire yeah. now and go, we have just enough to make it to the end. And you that's know, the ticket. Yeah. If things go good, then we leave our house to the kids. If things are rough, we reverse mortgage our house and our kids don't get anything. But so what? Who cares? You know, they, they had us, you know, and we got to hang out. And so, you know, that's, <laughs> what, like, Yippee! If, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what keeps my dudes from going to jail that's bro like, if, if that's the keys to my daughter off the pole like i'm off <laughs> on that it. note i watched the well semi watch the night stalker jesus christ anything i can do to keep my kids from fucking turning into the next richard ramirez is gonna be a fucking Ooh, achievement I, I have not watched that one bro fuck watch, watch that shit bro Why we started and then we fell asleep yes that, that's, late. that's usually like, how it, like, it happens it's like yeah. 10, 10 15 I There's think. so much good shit to watch now. I feel like I, I, I haven't really watched a lot of TV. I haven't had a chance, but I, I told her, to fuck that. I'm watching TV now. I'm going to start watching these shows that everybody's talking about. I'm going to watch the movies I that have, I've been wanting to watch and never I, have. I have been watching TV, and I feel like I have exhausted uh, my options. I have I have come, you know, they always joke, like, you know how you got into the end of the internet. Like I, feel I just like finished I've, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I've... I've completed Netflix and, and, and wifey and I started a few new shows and I started a few on my own. Um, you know, they, they can't come fast enough. I got Phil Davis coming in tomorrow, bro. Anything you want me to let him know? Any questions? Any, any Mr. techniques? Mr. Wonderful. El Wonderful. Local. He's, he's such yeah. a local dude, bro. He, he's so awesome. He's, he's, well, so, so Phil's rad. His wife is rad. Yeah. And uh, so his, his wife runs I mean, she runs Hungry Hanks. She's there every time which, I've gone. Yeah, which is the best sandwich shop in Chula Vista, hands sure. Um we, we used them for a few weeks when we were trying to get the bars back open. Um, they were doing half sandwiches for us. Um, yeah, they're rad. You know, good I, people, man. Hard worker, honest, humble people. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it it's one of those things where like you know, and, and there's actually, I mean, there's a pretty like solid like MMA like contingency here in the South Bay. Chula you Vista know, specifically, bro. Definitely like. I get legit excited to to watch the fighters from around here compete. You know, I, I know that we're all huge fans of Phil. Yeah, huge fans of Angie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we like watching Jeremy fight. Is he fighting still? I haven't seen that guy in a while. He's well. I mean, you know what? Truth be told, I would see him when we the bars were open. Yeah, he would be at the brewery. He would be at the Manhattan. Oh, the time, yeah. You know, so it's like, I mean, not not all the time. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah well well he fought uh calvin calvin cater but that was a while ago yeah that was a while ago yeah i don't know if he's just on the back burner or doing i haven't what, seen him do anything no yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of fighters down here that uh that, that represent and, and and they support our businesses which is rad that's awesome um, yeah, well, we made the beer yeah, with Mr. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah, Phil has his own beer. I, I, bought, then, a, I bought a four-pack. Now Angie's coming. Ago. We're going to make a beer for her, too. No shit. Yeah, so, I mean. What's that one going to be called? I don't know. We haven't, we haven't really. She really likes the stouts. Anytime she comes in, she does like the the, uh, the heavier beers. She oh. likes Emo Brown. She's like the charming stout. I think she likes the Putin, too. So, it's going to. We'll see. We'll see what she's all about, she's bro. Because light beers, you could call it Over Pills Hill. 
Right. Her nickname Overkill. I get it, bro. Yeah. No. It's well played. Yeah. Hey, we, we 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 used to come up with great beer. <laughs> we names. used to come up. <laughs> Once upon a time, which, there was a which, which, it was uh, appropriate. <laughs> it was appropriate which, to come up which with these names. We will not comment on. Damn, the best one that it, oh, I don't even want to say it, but it was an awesome beer name. I don't know if it was you who came up with it. Probably. The, Pil- the, the pills caused me. Oh no! It was it was morning after pills. The morning after pills. We yeah. we did we actually released a beer with that yeah, one. We actually morning, did that. Well, one. there was the morning after pills, and then we were gonna barrel age it and call it late term. Oh Jesus Christ! We are going to hell. Yeah. Fuck. So, Maddie, I am happy you finally came fucking back in. Me too. This is a good little uh, buffer to get us into the wax pack area, which will be coming soon. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. And, and look for more wax pack. Oh, some some other. Wax pack related things on the horizon. Oh shit! Like what? Fuck. Oh, cliffhanger. Yeah. Just leave it. All right. Cool. That's yeah. That's Stay tease. tuned for more yeah. wax pack shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Blasting through high, no need for the boo, yeah, but hammer with the one knuckle.